Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for knowledge that will benefit us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, give us knowledge that keeps us motivated and keeps us going towards His pleasure. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to quickly alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Philistine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove them from under the oppression of the oppressor, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, we're continuing in our sessions of uh, hurdles. And this session is about the things that get in your way on your journey to Allah. They're the things that stop you on your way. And in our last session, we talked about the importance of your heart. And I spoke about how in times of fitna, even more so, in times of tribulation, in hardship, it's a time that you really have to protect your heart more than ever. Um, and Imam Ghazali, the author of our book, he says that there are four specific things that you have to protect your heart from. And if you protect your heart from these things, if you remove them from your heart, then you'll be able to keep going forward on this path of ibadah and this path of worship. And the next one that we're speaking about is, is a concept. Uh, the concept in Arabic is طول uh, amal, which if we literally translate it, it would mean to have uh, far-reaching hopes far-reaching hopes and aspirations. And the idea is that, you know, if I have these far-reaching aspirations, this becomes something that stops me on my journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know for some of us, we're like, well, I, I was always taught to aspire. I was always, I know it's good to have aspirations. So what does this mean? What is the Prophet teaching us? And I want to share something with you guys. Um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught us, through different methods. He taught us through different methods. And um, there was one moment where there's a narration. All right. The Prophet ﷺ, he used different methods of teaching. And there was one incident where the Sahaba say that the Prophet ﷺ, he was sitting down uh, with the Sahaba around him. And the Prophet, he took out uh, a stick. And he began to draw something. Yes, he began to draw something in the sand. Okay? And now, listen. One of the things that's amazing is that the Prophet ﷺ left no stone unturned in teaching us deep things. And some of us are very visual learners. And I think this imagery that he drew, this picture that he drew, if you were to take this image, take a screenshot of it, take a picture of it, and keep it with you regularly, it could be something that every day becomes a paradigm shifter. So the Prophet وسلم, he drew this, this image, right? He drew a square. Can you guys see this? All right, cool. He drew this square. And then the Prophet وسلم, he drew a line in the middle of the square going all the way out the top. And then he drew these small lines on the side from each side going towards the middle one. All right? And then he was done. Can you guys see that? You sure? Right there. That's what he drew. Sorry for my lines, but khair. 
Now listen, the Prophet drew this image and the Sahaba are like, well, what is this Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet, he said, this image represents you. This image represents Mikael. This, this is me, right? This image represents me. And then he said that this, this square are, is the limitations of my life. Like, this is it. This only time that I get allotted. And then he said, these lines coming in are the different hardships that happen in life. He says, if you miss one, another may hit you. If you hit one, another may miss you. These are the difficulties that happen. But here's where it gets deep. The Prophet Wasallam he said, and he, he, he said that this middle line, this one right here going all the way out the top, he says, that's your, that's your amal, that's your hopes. That's the things you're trying to accomplish in life. And the idea here is very profound. The idea is that we all have aspirations and dreams that go far beyond the time that we've been allotted. And the Prophet Wasallam is saying that right here, guys, this is the finish line. That's when it's done. That's when life is over. But here you are at the age of 25, 30, 35, whatever, looking forward and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the Prophet Wasallam is teaching us something deep. The more you focus on those aspirations and things that you want to achieve, the less you're focusing on that finish line of when death will come. And so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and for me, whenever I see this image, it reminds me that I don't know if today's that last day. I don't know what, 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 where I am on this thing right here. So let me always remember as if that line is right in front of me. So keep this image, and as I talk about this, all right, you can put it back on me now, inshallah. As we talk about this, and I know some people are listening to the podcast after, um, and hopefully they can get an idea of the image, but the Prophet Wasallam is teaching us that there's a good hope and there's a, a hope that's detrimental to you. The hope that's good is any hope that you place in God, any hope that you place in Allah, that Allah will bring khair to you, Allah will bring good to you, Allah will bless you. I've said too many times, we're walking around always waiting for God's punishment and that's not where we need to be. We need to be expecting goodness from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what this is about, this is about all of your planning regarding your dunya, not your akhirah. All of your planning and ideas about your dunya and not your akhirah. And Imam Ghazali, he says this. He says, Tulul amal, having these far out expectations about what you're going to accomplish in this life. He says, فَإِنَّهُ an an kulli khair. It'll stop you from every good. What does that mean? When, you, when, when we have this, when we put death far away, we procrastinate the good that should be done right now. When we push death away, I'll call my mom tomorrow. I'll call my dad tomorrow. I'll reach out to my brother who I haven't talked to in so long. I'll do that tomorrow. Why? Because I got time. I have time. And so the Prophet's teachings here are profound because this box is like, bro, focus on the finish line. Realize how close that is. And the more you realize how close that is, the more prompted and urgency you find in the righteous actions that you need to do. So what does he say? He says, فَإِنَّهُ aiq and kulli khair." And, and you know what? I, the way I looked at it is, 
the way that when you look at that line going outside the box, it's as if the more you focus on the line going out, the less you're able to see the line that stops it. And the more you focus on that line that stops you, the less you're concerned about what comes after that line. Let me, let me give an example. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, uh, he said, what's the, uh, somebody came to him and asked the Prophet what's the best type of sadaqah? What's the best type of charity to give? And the Prophet Sallallahu he said, the, the most rewarding charity, the most rewarding sadaqah that you can give, anta sadaqah wa anta sahih shahih. The best sadaqah is when you're healthy and shahih. Shahih is like trying to stack. Like I'm, I'm right when I'm like finally paid off some stuff. So now you're like, you're earning shahih. Taqshal faqar. And you're not, you're, you're worried that if I give, it could really affect me. So you fear poverty a bit. But you're hopeful to become wealthy. So the best, the best, the best sadaqah, you're young, money's coming, you're worried about gaining. This is the best time. But then the Prophet said something powerful, وسلم, He said, Don't wait. Don't wait. Until your soul is in your throat, meaning you're dying. Don't wait at that time. And the idea is this. When you reach that moment, you realize this money can't do you any good, so you try to give charity at that moment. But the Prophet was like, no, the time of charity was when you were at your like, prime. Let me break it down again. There was a battle of Tabuk. It was a huge battle. The Prophet وسلم, they needed a lot of resources for this battle. And, uh, you know, somebody was like, the reason you give sadaqah on your deathbed is because you realize you can't take it with you and the only thing you could take with you is the good deeds you do. So you try to give it all out at that time. Because I can't take it with me. But you were trying to hold on to it when you should have been focusing while you were alive on giving that charity. Let me give an example. The Prophet وسلم, is trying to gather wealth for this huge battle that's going to take place. I mean, everyone has to donate. It's the Battle of Tabuk. It's huge. And so he tells everyone, bring whatever you can. And you guys know this story, but from this perspective, it's different. So Umar radiallahu an, we all know who Umar is. He's always trying to be at the forefront of righteous deeds. He goes, yo, I had never stacked so much money as I had at this time. He was like, I had two camels. Like he had two whips. He's like, I never owned two camels in my life. But I had two camels. And I said to myself, if there's any day that I'll beat Abu Bakr, today's the day. Right? So he's like, he goes home, talks to wifey, maybe, I hope, right? And then he comes back, he comes back, and he brings his, his donation. Coming behind him is Abu Bakr. Radiallahu ta'ala an. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. He comes and the Prophet وسلم, in this moment, he doesn't ask the normal question. He doesn't say, what did you bring? 
How much did you bring, Abu Bakr? Radiallahu anh? How much did you bring, Umar? Radiallahu anh? He didn't say, how much did you bring? For some reason, Allah put it in his heart to ask a different question. Because the true sign that you're focused on your akhirah is how much of what you have you put forward. How much you leave on the table shows how much you're focused on your dunya. How much you put forward shows how much you're focused on your akhirah, your next life. So right now, the Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam, he asked Umar, not how much, but how much did you leave behind? Because what you leave behind shows what you're really kind of focused on. So he goes, I left half of my wealth. I left half of all my assets. Now that's not a small thing. By no means should we look down upon that. Half of all assets I left behind. Why? For wifey, for everyone, for whatever. And he's like, yeah. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he looks at Abu Bakr and he goes, uh, how much did you leave behind? He goes, leave behind? See the mentality, the mentality. He goes, I left Allah and the Rasul. Meaning, meaning, hold up. Meaning I cleaned out the house, but the one providing when we had stacks is the one providing when we have nothing. Nothing changed. For him, it was just mathematics. It's like, what do you mean leave behind? I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. And he's like, well, what about wifey? Well, I mean, I didn't... Allah, she's got Allah. When did we ever doubt Allah? So for him, the mathematics is, 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 is so profound because if we take that box again, his focus is so on that in line, he doesn't see beyond at all. He's only focused on that line. And so the way we become higher level believers is that we become so focused on that, 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 that moment of leaving the world becoming close that it inspires every righteous deed you can imagine. So what does he say? He goes up. He says, uh, as, your, as your expectations from this world get longer and further out, it is a deadly disease. It's a deadly disease. You know why it's so deadly? The older you get, the more hopes you have in life. Y'all you, you, look at me, 40 years old or whatever, and you're like, dang, he's kind of like, you retiring soon or something? You know what I mean? Us older people, they look at us like we're like, I was born in 1990. They're like, 19? Wow, really? What was it like back then? <laughs> Haters, what's up, guys? <laughs> and in my mind, subhanAllah, I'm reaching my prime. I'm like, yo, alhamdulillah. Besides the back surgery, but still. <laughs> <laughs> the back tells me I'm not in my prime. But the point is, mentally, as you get older, and there's a hadith which supports it. The Prophet wasallam, he said, Bani Adam yahrumu ibnu Adam. Ibn Adam, this is a muttafaq alayhi hadith. This is in Sahih, Bu Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Huraira narrates that the Prophet وسلم, said, Yuhramu Banu Adam. Banu Adam, me and you, we get old. minhu ithnan. But two things in us keep getting younger and younger and younger. Al hirs al al mal. Our desire for more wealth. I mean, I'm, I, you've, you've looked at 
very old people who are extremely wealthy, you're kind of like, do you just want to pass that on now? Like, what are you going to do with it? But the Prophet wasallam is saying that though it shouldn't be this way, the older we get, the more our, our hopes are there. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And don't get me wrong. We can have things that motivate us forward, but it should never be to the point where it makes you forget the akhirah. That's the thing. Every action you should do today, every action you should do tomorrow should be akhirah-centric. That's the term. Hereafter-centric. The good deeds you do, everything you're doing, even your exercise, all of these things are akhirah-centric. They're focused on the akhirah. They're not focused on that long line that doesn't bring death into the picture. It has to have akhirah in it. So let me finish the hadith. There's two things, right? The Prophet ﷺ says two things get younger as you get old. Stronger, you could say. Your desire for wealth and your desire for life. Abu Huraira said, لا يزال القلب الكبير شابا في two things. The heart of an elder, older person, the heart of an older person stays young in two aspects. Hubba dunya, love of this transient world. Watulul amal, and their expected hopes beyond. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. So by no means do I want you to, we don't lose hope in Allah at all. We're quite the contrary. It's our expectation that we know we're meeting back to Allah and we know good is coming from Allah that keeps us moving forward. So what does he say? He says, As your expectations from this world get further extended, further extended. And before I go forward, I think we should all reflect. When we were in our like 20s or whatever, we were all like, yo, in my 40s, I'm going to be super pious. You're in your 40s, yo, what's up? When you were in your teens, you were like 30s though? I'm going to be like, yo, to hundred, everything. Like 30s is where it's at. 30s is where I'm going to be like, like the awliya the of Allah. I'm going to be a friend of God. And now you're in your 30s, you're in 40s, and you're like, oh, 50s. 50s. And you keep pushing it. But, but you think you're pushing it to a point when the hadith is saying, you're just forgetting the reality of life. And you'll wake up one day unable to do what you could have done and now you realize, wow, shaitan and my nafs deceived me. Every day I should have woke up. Hear me out. Every morning you wake up. You know, there was a saying, it's not even like hip anymore, but like five years ago, six years ago, that whole like YOLO thing, like you only live once. Like that is a concept that a believer wakes up with. How would I be today if today's my last day? you'll find it doesn't demoralize you. It, it, it motivates you to righteousness. Yeah, there'll be some sins that you're going to stop. Of course, that's good. Alhamdulillah. But if you woke up tomorrow morning and you took this image that we just drew and you put it on your phone and you focus on the line that you're, 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 you're getting to and the idea is you don't know when it hits. 
And more than ever, we realize now how, how feeble, how short, how easy it is to be alive one day and alive not another day. More than ever now we realize this. But we haven't made that part of who we are in our daily actions. So what does he say? He says, there are four things that happen to you when you forget that line and you focus on the line outside the box. When you focus on that line, four things that happen to you. Number one, you stop doing righteous actions and you become lazy towards righteous actions. I'll go to next week's halakha. I'll, go to, I'll, I'll apply to Qadam Academy next semester. I'll do all that stuff later. But for the believer, there's no later. For the believer, there's no later. It's right now or never. Sofa af'al. This is Imam Ghazali. He goes, what do you say? Taqulu sofa af'alu. Ah, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, ayamu bayna yaday. I got days. I could do this next week. Well, I I won't miss out on the opportunity. I could do it later. And he says that Dawood al Ta'i, he was one of these saints, the awliya. He said, Man khaf al wa'id, whoever fears the threat, qaruba alayhi al ba'id, the thing that is distant seems close. Woman ta'ala amaluhu, sa'a amaluhu. Whoever's actions, uh, sorry, whoever's expectations are prolonged from this world, their actions become bad. Bad, but, but why bad? Because the good actions are what are motivated by my remembrance of the hereafter. Again, I'll say it again. My righteous actions are motivated by my remembrance that I will leave the world. Every righteous action we do as an investment toward the, towards the akhirah. And the moment that becomes a reality to you, the moment you want to invest right now. And the reason why you get to old age and dislike death is because you haven't been investing in it, thinking about it for the last 30, 40 years. So why would I want to go where I never invested to? He says, the second thing that happens so what was the first thing? You don't end up doing righteous deeds. I'll do it later. And you feel lazy towards righteous deeds. You feel lazy. I don't feel like doing it. So here you, here, here's how you self-medicate. If you want to do righteousness and you feel yourself lazy, take out that picture and look at that end point. But realize you don't know where that is at. You don't know if that's in the next intersection down the street. Do you feel me? You don't know if it's in the next intersection. You don't know where it's at. And, and, and again, I know when you're young, it's just kind of like, man, what's he talking about? But it's facts. Number two, number two, what happens when you focus on the line outside the box? Tarka You never do toba, yo. Toba, what's toba? You never turn back to Allah. There's no, there's no urgency to turn back to Allah because I can do it later. So why should I do toba now? Why should I turn my heart back to Allah? Why should I get myself right right now? I got plenty of time for that. Well, stop lying to yourself. No, you don't. You don't know that. That's what you've told yourself to make yourself feel better. But you don't have a lot of time. So number two, what did he say? He says, Tarka toba wa taswifu. 
Tasweef is an Arabic word from the word sofa. And sofa in Arabic means later. I'll do it later. Sofa atubu. Sofa, I'll do toba later. I got so many days. I'm young. I'm young. If you're above the age of 25 in this room, there's people in this room right now like, you old, yo. <laughs> if you're above the age of 25 in this room, there's other heads in this room like, yo, you old. And I'm going to be pious by the time I'm your age. <laughs> I, I just want you to take a moment and stop and think where you're at. And religiously, where do you want to be? And when do you want to be there? Start now. Now's the time. He goes, uh, Sinni. the reason I said that is because he goes, Sinni qalil. Oh, I'm young. And everyone in this room is like, yeah, I am young. <laughs> but I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not young. And, and, and the funny thing is, even if you were young, where did God promise us you die at a certain age? Where, where did we get that from? No, we don't know when it comes. We're watching it in our feeds constantly. Time changes fast. People didn't expect that. The same way we're sitting here now, we don't know what six months from now holds for us. So right now is the time for sadaqah. Right now is the time for you to stop focusing on what I'm going to do when I'm 40, 50 years old. Wake up tomorrow. Just try this test. Tomorrow, wake up with this picture we drew and say to yourself, today might be my last day. Watch how much righteousness you do by the end of the day. And guess what? It may be. It's not a game we're playing. It may be. But that will be your most beautiful day that you present to Allah. The most beautiful day you present to Allah will be the day that you wake up in the morning and you're like, Ya Allah, this might be it. And that's how you live that day. I could do toba later. Oh, I could do toba whenever I want to. Fallacy right there. No, you can't. Two reasons why. First reason why you can't do toba whenever you want is you don't know when you're going to die. That next intersection may be it. Number one. Number two is you don't realize there's a spiritual impact of the sins that we commit. Every sin makes it that much harder for you to do toba. You're not at the same place spiritually you are after the sin. And so the idea that it will be easier tomorrow is the fallacy that everyone makes because the, the self that has to do toba tomorrow, we expect has some superpowers that the self of today doesn't have. The, self of the self tomorrow is the same one that couldn't get up today. So start right now. Don't expect that person tomorrow to handle a load that you yourself don't handle right now. Start right away. Number three. Number three. When you only focus on the time outside of that box, when you only focus on, I'm going to do this in my dunya, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. When you only focus on that, 
Guess what else happens? Number three, You just start focusing on your akhirah. I got to do this uh, on your dunya. I got to do this. I got to get this. And you want to amass as much as you can. You want to amass as much as you can. And look what he says. He's so profound. He says, um, Oh no, when I get old, I'm going to be poor. This is what he says. When I'm old, I can't work, so I got to grind right now. You know what's crazy? We all have that logic. There's no one in this room that doesn't agree. When I get old, I got to save because I can't work the way I can work now. You can't work for your akhirah the way you can work for now too. How come you're not doing the logic the same way? You already admitted you cannot work the same later that you can work now. So you work hard now, right? Why doesn't, the, why, doesn't it, why doesn't it transfer over? You think it's easier to get up for Qiyamah laid when you're whatever age you think is old? <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble here. Whatever age you think is old, do you think it's easier to fast then? Oh, you think it's easier to give charity when you're older? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. So the same way the mentality is let me grind now for my later dunya, the idea should be let me grind now for my inevitable akhirah. Grind mentality. Right now. What about tomorrow? Well, it depends your level. What about tomorrow? <laughs> the Prophet said, and I don't want you to push this hadith to the side. I want you to let it hit you when I say it. The Prophet said, if you were to truly, truly trust in God the way you should, he would provide for you the way he provides for the birds. They go out empty stomach in the morning, they come home at night full bellies. Guys, we are in times of fitna. If you don't get on the spiritual train now, when are you going to get on it? You got, we have to build that tawakkul, that trust, that reliance on God. Because times will come when that's all you have. That's all you have. This may be practice for us right now. Game day is coming. May Allah make it easy. But what does that hadith say? That if you truly trusted in God, one of my teachers used to say, the milk comes out of nowhere once the baby's born. Baby comes like room service. The day before the baby comes, no milk in the breast. The day after, I understand biology, cool, I get it, y'all. But don't forget Allah there. That child brought its risk. That child brought its risk. Allahu Akbar. So, so he says, your nafs says to you, man, I need something for the future because I might get sick. I might lose my job in the future, so I got a stack right now. You say all these things. They make you work hard for the dunya. Let me work, let me work, let me work. And then you say, what, what, what am I going to eat? 
What am I going to wear? What am I going to do this? Forgetting who provided from you from day one. He goes, you say to yourself, Man, I might live a long life. I, I'm going to have to stack. All I'm going to say to you is use that same logic for the moments of your akhirah. So he says, uh, and then you may say, oh, I'm going to need this for my children. Generational wealth. We know the importance of generational wealth. But don't let it come at the loss of your dunya, that, of your akhirah. Let me say it again. Work as much for your dunya so that it doesn't harm your akhirah. Right now we're working so hard for our dunya, we don't have time for the akhirah. And you're telling me, oh, I need to be balanced. I'm like, yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. Fajr. Yes, I agree. Isha. Yes, I agree. Dhikr. Yes, I agree. The balance is that you work hard enough for your dunya that it doesn't negatively impact your akhirah. Now, I'll tell you all a story. I had a, 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 a teacher who had a uncle. And I met the uncle. Like, I met him. They grew up in Medina. They grew up in Medina. And uh, their uncle memorized Quran in an, elder, an older age. He memorized Quran when he was like 50. Uh, he was an engineer in Saudi. And... Um, he, after he became a hafid, he made an oath to Allah that every day from Maghrib to Isha, I'm going to stand in Qiyam. I'm going to stand in prayer. I mean, he's in Medina. He's on another level. From Maghrib to Isha. So what time was Maghrib today? Till Isha. He would stay in the masjid every day. And I've seen the man do it. He visited the States. And I was like, I heard the story. Let me see the dude. Like one day he must not do it. No, every day. Um, but here's the story. He got an engineering job after he became Hafid. And the hours were there Maghrib Isha. But he had already made this promise to Allah, like, Ya Allah, you made me Hafid every day. It's not bid, that's all right, chill out. <laughs> he goes, every day I'm going to do this for you, Ya Allah. The job offer came. The test came. He was like, I'm not doing it. Family went crazy the same way your family would go crazy. <laughs> Are you nuts? Are you insane? Saudi engineering job? We're set for life. We're good. He was a Saudi national. You'll be perfect. You'll be fine. He's like, I can't. I promised Allah this time. What are you going to do for a risk? He's like, I don't know. But I'm not giving this up. Everyone hated on him. Everyone hated on him. A year later, the government was expanding a, a city project and they needed to build a highway somewhere. And guess whose house was right on the road? Guess whose house was right in the middle of the direction for construction? His. Uh, we have to buy your home. <laughs> oh, really? Let's just say that they're good. <laughs> Let's just say that they're comfortable. And everyone in his family says, that was the barakah of the Quran. They all know. Now they know. What I'm trying to say is like, you're telling me that you're focused on your money and your wealth to preserve you. 
There were two children in the story of Surah Kahf, two children. There was money under a, a broken wall in, 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 in uh, Khidr, and Musa go and fix the wall. And the Quran says the reason why, When Khidr says why, he goes, yeah, they had a pious father. We've been told to fix this wall because their father was a righteous person. Sa'id bin Musayyib used to say in Qiyamul Layl, he used to be in Qiyamul Layl praying, and his baby son Yahya would be sleeping next to him. He would be in the middle of the night praying, and he would get tired, and then he would look at Yahya and pray more. And he would say, Yahya, I'm increasing in prayer to protect you. We trying to stack money. <laughs> that kid going to blow that money on the first car he buys. We know how it goes. But you haven't realized the Quran tells you your righteousness plays a part in the protection of your progeny. What I'm trying to say is he's telling us the reasons why we, we focus on that line outside of the box. And he goes, none of it is rational. None of it is rational. So, He goes on saying these arguments that you'll present to yourself and the only example that I can give you is uh, the only example I can give you is Abu Bakr. He says, an Abi Abu Dhar used to say, Man, a day that I won't reach has killed me. He said, What do you mean a day you haven't reached killed you? He said, My worry about tomorrow is what killed every day of my life. My worry about tomorrow is what took out the pleasure of today, of every day of my life. I couldn't enjoy today. Why? Every day I was like, what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? The Prophet's teaching us focus on this moment right now. Alayhi salatu wassalam. Number four. Number four. The fourth thing that happens when you focus on all of those things in the dunya you want to achieve that aren't akhira-centric that aren't based on your akhirah. Qaswatun fil qalbi. Hardness in your heart. Why is this? Because the Prophet taught us that when you see death a lot, you remember death a lot, it softens your heart. And I know we all can say, Sadaqa Rasulullah. All of our prayers have become more sincere seeing death. All of our prayers have become more powerful seeing death the prophet taught us remembering your finality is what softens the heart what softens the heart he goes wa amma in qasarta min amalik but if you shorten your hopes of this world meaning focus on the line keep grinding keep going but never forget that line which line, y'all? That line that marks when you're leaving. And you bring close to you your finality. He goes, when you start to think about your brothers and your sisters and your fellow Muslims who... Death came to them at a time when they least expected it. Then you will say to yourself, 
Fahdiriya nafsi. Oh Mikael, wake up. Oh Mikael, oh Sarah, oh Haytham, oh Mikael, wake up. How old do I have to be before I wake up? Wathkuri, remember, think, reflect. Abu Dhar used to say, we're almost done, because I have a surprise for us today. There's a sister who's been coming to Halakha who wants to take Shahada. All right, so we're going to need all of our sisters to show her some love after, inshallah. I don't know where she is, uh, but inshallah, we're going to do that. She's here. Okay, good. Inshallah. Uh, we'll do that in a second, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, we're going to need a ch chair for her over here, inshallah, in a bit. Uh, but let's finish. Please, let's focus on this, inshallah. Abu Dhar radiallahu an says, this world consists of three different hours, three different moments. One moment has passed, a moment you're in, and a moment that you don't know whether it will come or not. You do not own in reality anything except the moment that we are living in right now. Imam Ghazali here is teaching us, uh, and I'm going to end with one thing. Imam Ghazali says there's an exception here. Listen closely to this and we'll conclude. He says the only time that it's permissible for you to look beyond that, that box, so to speak, is when you have a good intention, you have a good intention of an action that you want to do for the sake of Allah. But here's what he says. He says even then you have to be careful and say, inshallah, wa la taqulanna li shay'in inni fa'ilun Illa an yasha Allah. The Quran said to the Prophet ﷺ, never ever say that I'm doing such and such thing tomorrow, except if you say inshallah. And the reason he says is, don't focus so much that I'll do this tomorrow. I'll become hafiz, I'll become this, I'll study the deen, I'll become whatever. Don't focus because you don't know if that's good for you or not. Focus on pleasing God. If he makes you reach a point, so be it. But if you don't reach that point, realize that was the best thing for you. The last thing I'm going to say is, while we spoke about not having far-fetched hopes of this dunya, by no means does this mean that we ever lose hope in Allah's mercy. That's where we put our hope. That's where we expect goodness at. This dunya ain't for us. But Allah loves us. Allah has khair for us. And I know what you're thinking, but what about those who we lost? You didn't lose anyone. You didn't lose anyone. I said it before, the Quran tells us, the Prophet told us, the only thing the shaheed wants, the martyr, the only thing the martyr wants is to come back and tell you how amazing and blessed they are. There's one of two things that Allah has promised us. Either good in this dunya, or he's calling us back home. Calling us back home. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So we never lose hope. When it looks worse, that's when the true iman should shine. When it looks really dark, that means the sun's about to rise. The darkest part of the day is right before the sunrise. So never lose hope and never feel bad 
Alhamdulillah ala kulliha. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow me and you to keep in our minds the shortness of our lives. May Allah allow us to treat every day as if it could be our last. May Allah help us never procrastinate the good that can be done right now. May Allah take from our hearts this concern for what other people think. May Allah take from our hearts a love for these limited things of this dunya. May Allah put in our heart this strong love for him and a strong love of akhirah that overpowers every other fear of this world.